Hello, hello. This is Series 17 of Satisfied. The Series 17 podcasts cover the Lifestyle Disciple Making blog series on my website. The same information and more can be found in my book, Leap into Lifestyle Disciple Making, available on melanienewton.com as well as most online bookstores. In this series, we are learning how to follow Christ as His disciple and live for Him as disciple makers. I am Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In episode six, we looked at the need to establish new and young believers in the basics of the Christian faith. This is episode seven. In today's podcast, we will look at where to find those new and young believers who need to be established and how to get started discipling them. As I usually do, I will start by asking you some thought questions. How many Bible lessons do you get per week? If you count a Sunday sermon, a weekly women's Bible study class, and your own personal study, that can add up to more than seven learning sessions per week. Then consider email devotionals you get or other sources of teaching. Now you're up to 10 or more. That is a lot of inflow into your brain. How often do you share what you are learning each week with someone else? I'm talking about intentional sharing, such as, I just learned today that, or teaching others what you are learning yourself. Is that sharing more often directed to other mature, educated believers, such as those in your women's Bible study group? Or do you share what you are learning from the Lord to younger believers who do not know as much? Several years ago, I read something by Jill Briscoe that stuck with me. She said this, we are feeding the fed to death in American churches. We are into discipling the discipled because it's safer. Do you agree or disagree with her? Many of you have been in Bible studies for years. You have faithfully done Bible studies by precept, Bible study fellowship, community Bible studies, Bethmore studies, Lifeway studies, and even some of my Joyful Walk studies. You have a lot of inflow from those studies, plus sermons, classes, and small groups. All of that info is swimming around in your head. What do you do with all that information? Most of us in Bible teaching churches have too much inflow without enough overflow. How much can you actually take in without getting overwhelmed and even numb in your response to the Word of God? It is like that stuffed feeling you get after eating the Thanksgiving meal. This imbalance of too much inflow and not enough overflow can lead to restlessness and discontentment. That restlessness is a symptom of forgetting your purpose. It happens over time in large and small Bible studies. Women are excited to study God's Word, but as their knowledge accumulates, the next thing you know, they are being snippy about the study questions, whose group they are in, or the table decorations. The symptoms of too much inflow are evidenced by statements like these. The questions are too easy, not deep enough. Have you heard that one? Here's another one. We studied that topic two years ago. Why study it again? Have you heard that one? What about this? 
I want to be in a group where everyone does their lessons. Have any of those statements come from your own lips? I have heard them often throughout my years of leading women's Bible studies in churches. I have seen it happen among godly women in very successful Bible studies, women who love Jesus. I think it is restlessness from too much inflow and not enough overflow. Christian women can get stuck in discipleship, the learning that helps them grow as Jesus followers. We can get so comfortable in community that we lose the drive to reach out to others who do not know Jesus yet or do not know him well, who do not know his word hardly at all. This restlessness is a symptom that we have forgotten our Christ-given commission for disciple-making. Now, don't get me wrong, I love Bible study. I have been involved in some fabulous Bible studies over the years, even writing them and lecturing from my detailed study. That has been the source of my podcasts. Women need to know and understand God's Word so they can know their God better and His way of approaching life. But Jesus told His disciples to go and make disciples teaching them to obey His Word, not just getting taught ourselves. We are to make disciples as He did. His disciples took in what they learned from Him and shared it with others, taking them through the process of growing in Christ and sharing Him with their peers. This is called the multiplication process. Paul described that in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. What makes you qualified to teach others? The Holy Spirit and your own obedience to Christ. That is making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Don't let all that inflow get settled in the recesses of your brain. Let it overflow to someone who needs it. Turn your restlessness into the opportunity for disciple-making, establishing someone else with the strong roots that you have. But where do you find those who need what you know? Where are the new believers around you besides anyone you bring to Christ yourself? What about those who have been Christians for a while but have never been discipled to truly know the foundational teachings of how to live as a Christian? Most likely, new and never been discipled Christians are where you are presently connected, such as in Bible study groups, in mothers groups, where you work or live, and in your church. All you have to do is pay attention and come alongside one of them who needs to be discipled. We have a great example of that in the book of Acts chapter 18. A married couple named Priscilla and Aquila were sitting in the audience listening to someone else speaking. This is what happened. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home 
and explain to him the way of God more adequately. Priscilla and Aquila listened to Apollos and recognized that he needed some truth. So they invited him to their home and discipled him there. They filled in the gaps of his understanding of the gospel and Christ and living as a Christian. Apollos went on to lead many others to Christ and disciple them. How do you pay attention? Like Priscilla and Aquila did, you pay attention as people talk. You listen to that woman in your small group. You listen to the one who is sitting near you at church. You listen to the one who is a newcomer at your women's event. Any growing Christian can do this. It is not just for the group leaders or ministry staff to do. Consider how to pay attention in a Bible study group. Small groups are fishing pools for disciple making. Listen to the person who is new to your Bible study group. Don't assume she knows her identity in Christ. She may not be a believer yet. She may be a new believer. When you glance at her study guide, are the spaces mostly blank? She may not know how to read a verse and answer a question. She may be a longtime believer who has never done Bible study before and feels ignorant compared to others. Think about it. Many Bible studies are written from a certain translation. If her Bible is different, she may not see the same wording used in the questions. She needs you. Consider how to pay attention to a newcomer to your church or your women's event. As you greet someone who seems to be a newcomer, listen to what she says. Ask her a little about herself. Is she new to your church? Is she new to Bible study? If she is new to attending church or new to reading the Bible for herself, she needs you. Several years ago, my daughter and I attended a women's Bible conference at our church. A young woman came to our row and sat by herself not far from us. I invited her to sit next to me. We introduced ourselves and started getting to know one another throughout the day. My new friend named Kathy shared that she was new to the Bible and did not understand much about Christianity. Her son had started attending a Christian school that required parents to read through the Bible at night with their student. So Kathy and her husband were introduced to Christ and the Bible as a result. And she was hungry for more. That is why she came to the conference. I felt the Lord directing me to take the next step, to come alongside in discipling her. Come alongside is exactly that, getting together with someone often, helping them learn truth, and walking with them through applying that truth in their lives. This is where you intentionally connect with the one who needs to be discipled. Remember those questions I mentioned earlier coming from women who have had too much inflow of Bible knowledge and not enough overflow? That problem is solved when you become more in tune with the Holy Spirit in the process of disciple making. The first one was this, the questions are too easy, not deep enough. Praise God that someone new to the Bible has an opportunity to learn. Invite a neighbor or a friend who is new to the Bible so she can learn without being overwhelmed. If you want deeper study, do it on your own. Take advantage of easier studies to disciple someone else in your group who needs you. We studied that topic two years ago. Why study it again? Life is not always about you. Actually, when you walk with the Lord, it is never about you. It is always about Christ. Stay Christ-focused and consider how you can help someone else learn the truth 
from that topic that you have already learned. Invite someone who needs to know that truth and come alongside her in the group. What about this one? I want to be in a group where everyone does their lessons. Consider why someone does not do the lesson. As I mentioned earlier, she may not know how to do them. You can be the one who helps her. Suggest you do them together. Watching her learn can be so much fun. That is focusing on disciple making more than discipleship. Consider how to come alongside in a Bible study group. For the one who is new to Bible study and seems to be struggling, ask her if you could get together and work through the lesson with her. Find a time that works for her and a place that is convenient for her. Work through the lesson together, helping her to find and read the verses, then answer the questions. If she is a new Christian, offer to disciple her in the basics of the faith using a short study designed for new Christians. Consider how to come alongside a newcomer to your church or your women's event. If you meet someone who is definitely new to Christ, new to the church, and likely new to the Bible, get her contact information and invite her to meet you casually within the next week. When you get together, share a little of your story and ask her to share hers. Find out where she is in her walk of faith. Find out what she already knows and what she wants to know. If she is a new Christian, ask her if you could disciple her to get more established in her faith. Offer to meet with her for a few weeks to help her get a good foundation. Work through a basic study guide for new believers, such as our A Fresh Start Bible Study. Arrange your first time together. Work through the new believer study together the first time. Let her ask you questions. If she wants, she can take it home and work through the next lesson. You can get a fresh start from my website, the Disciple Making page. I also give a few other resources designed for new Christians on that page. That is how I came alongside Kathy. The day after the women's conference, I contacted Kathy and invited her to meet me for dinner at a local restaurant. We talked about her life and her family. She was excited about being a Christian, but felt so insecure about everything. I asked if I could disciple her and help her get off to a good start. She agreed. We met for the next eight weeks, going through a fresh start together. She loved it. And after we met each week, she shared with her husband all that she had learned. He started growing as a Christian too. Maybe you already have something that someone used to disciple you when you were a new Christian. Or your church may have discipling materials on hand. Just make sure you walk through the eight necessary elements of a good foundation that I gave in episode six. You can go to my website, the Disciple Making page, and download the Establish a New or Young Christian booklet. All this information I'm sharing with you today is in that booklet. One of the benefits of discipling someone is that sharing what you know gives you a fuller understanding of what you have. It takes the inflow of information to another level. A huge verse from the small book of Philemon grabbed my attention several years ago. It contains a practical truth about the Christian life. This is what the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith 
so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Sharing what you know gives you a fuller understanding of what you have. When you have to explain some part of what you have in Christ to someone else in terms that a younger believer can understand, you find out pretty quickly whether you actually understand it or not. When you can explain it using your own words, that gives you a fuller understanding of the riches you have. Dear friends, that is lifestyle disciple making. That is what Jesus is calling you and me to do every day. Come alongside one other woman to help her become a better follower of Jesus. This is not creating programs. It is creating a lifestyle and shift in our thinking. Mentoring is the how of disciple making. Does pay attention and come alongside her sound like mentoring? Yes, it does. Mentoring is someone older in the Lord helping someone younger in the Lord understand and apply biblical truth to everyday life. Mentoring is the how of discipling and should include all aspects of disciple making, your own spiritual growth, as well as connecting with your non-believing peers to introduce them to Christ. Paul gave us examples of what this looks like in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. He said this about himself. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God. That is mentoring. What if the Lord brings a new Christian to your attention, but you know that you will not be able to give her the investment of time and energy that she needs? That is when you connect her with someone else who can build into her life. Paul did that for the Thessalonians. This is what he wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. Paul could not be there with the new believers, so he sent a trusted friend to them. They were not left on their own. Recently, a new Christian named Cheryl visited a class I was teaching. I invited her to meet me for dinner at a local restaurant where we got acquainted. As we met over the next month, I realized that I was not the one who should disciple her. I was already leading four Bible study groups and I knew she needed someone else who could give her more personal attention. So I asked my friend Janet, who loves discipling people one-on-one, -on -one, if she would pray about discipling Cheryl. The Lord confirmed in her mind and heart that she should do that. Janet discipled Cheryl for several months. Both loved the experience. The point is this, if you meet someone who needs to be discipled, Take on the challenge yourself or get someone else to do it. She needs you. And mentoring is for any Christian to do. The Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write these words in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. 
help the weak. Those verses were not directed to pastors and church staff, but to all the believers in the local church. You don't need years and years of Bible knowledge. Discipling others is for anyone at any age or stage of life. You are never too old to have impact for Christ. Encourage, build up, help the weak. That is discipling. While you are mentoring someone, here are four things to remember. First, make it stick. When you explain something, have her repeat it back to you to check her understanding. Do this several times as needed. You want to make it stick. Second, make it real. Adapt what she is learning about her blessings and identity in Christ to real life with her family, her friends, and her co-workers. For example, when you talk about being loved and accepted unconditionally by God, you could ask her, how does knowing that help you love your husband, children, siblings, friends well? Make it real. The third thing to remember is this, make her responsible. Encourage her to take responsibility for her own spiritual growth. Have her read the Bible on her own between times when you get together with her. If you suggest she follow a read through the Bible plan, lead her to do the New Testament only, always beginning with the Gospels. Establishing that relationship with Jesus is top priority. Newborn babies do not need to know all the family history before we establish our love relationship with them. Start with the Gospels. Talk about prayer being conversation with God that she could do at any time on her own. She does not need a formula or special words to use. As you study together, encourage her to obey Jesus in what she is learning. Encourage her to reach out to her peers and share with them what the Lord is doing in her life. You are making her responsible for her own spiritual growth. A fourth thing to remember is to stay Christ-focused. Christianity is Christ. What new believers need first and foremost is to get to know Him well and be secure in their relationship with Him. You will not always be there with her, but Jesus will be there. Lead her to recognize Christ as Lord of her life and for her to be dependent on Him more than on you. In your discussions, always consider what Christ has done for her and wants for her to do in response to Him more than what the culture teaches. Stay Christ-focused. And one of the benefits for you is this. Discipling another person makes you rely on Jesus more. Are you feeling a bit scared or hesitant about discipling a new Christian? Jump right in and do it. Whatever leads you to trust in Jesus more is good for you. If you have not been rooted with this basic information that we've talked about in this podcast or the last podcast, your discipling experience will be a huge growing experience for you as well. So give your insecurities to Jesus. He is the one who makes you able to do everything in the Christian life, and that includes discipling a new Christian. You are simply to obey Him and trust His Spirit to work through you. Being scared is a good thing because you will rely on Him more. It is okay to say, Lord, I cannot do this discipling thing on my own, but you can in me and through me. I will trust you with this. Step out in faith and do it. Discipling another person makes you rely on Jesus more, and that is a great thing.
Jesus invited his followers to go fishing. Remember he said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of people. He took them fishing in their homes, in their churches, and in their public places. Where are you fishing? Ask Jesus to take you fishing and lead you to someone who needs to be established in her faith. Ask him to show you how to overflow whatever you are learning to someone else who needs to know it. Ask him to give you the opportunity this week to explain what you have in Christ to one of your peers. It is okay to practice what you would say. If you go to my website, the Disciple Making page, you can download the Establish a New or Young Christian booklet, which contains a worksheet for explaining to others what you have in Christ. Dear listener, leave room in your schedule to come alongside a new Christian or someone who has never been discipled. What might be beneficial for her? When is a good time for her to attend something? Sign up for that and invite her along. Lifestyle Disciple Making focuses outward to help others grow in Christ rather than just focusing on our inward personal growth. Trust Jesus to help you do this. Then watch what he does. What if you have a group of women who are new to the Bible? What is the best way to nurture them? That is the subject of the next podcast in this Lifestyle Disciple Making series. Join me for episode eight. Follow Jesus as you leap into Lifestyle Disciple Making. Jesus' followers become disciple makers. Until next time, I am Melanie Newton, and this is series 17 of Satisfied.